It's TechBiter Worldwide with Bill Flynn. The latest on programs and policies, helpful hints, and a bit of occasional nonsense. All in more or less plain English. Podcast number 800 for the 8th of July, 2022. This week, Microsoft OneNote improves every year and continues to be an indispensable tool for keeping track of varied and disparate bits of information. Even better, it's free for anyone to use on Windows, Mac OS, Android, or iOS devices, as well as on the web. In short circuits, although Snagit is what I consider to be the best screen capture application, there is ShareX for those who can't justify Snagit's cost. The open source application is surprisingly robust, but it runs only on Windows. A listener asked if I had a list of applications and services that have received 5CAT ratings. I didn't, but now I do, even though the list goes back only to the start of 2017. And 20 years ago, only on the website, burning DVDs was time-consuming, expensive, and prone to failure in 2002. Now it's none of those. Anyone who needs to keep track of notes, tasks, projects, or shopping lists needs Microsoft OneNote. Anyone who's tired of losing track of ideas that occurred to them while they were away from their computer needs OneNote. Anyone who uses a spreadsheet, Word document, or text file to manage information and then can't remember where that information is needs OneNote. It's been more than two years since I've talked about Microsoft OneNote, and a lot has changed since then. In 2020, I said that OneNote was clearly better than Evernote. The only change in that regard is that OneNote is now even stronger when compared to Evernote. Even the app version of OneNote has gained when compared to the standalone version. Virtually anything that needs to be organized can be organized better in OneNote than in a mixture of other applications on sticky notes or in people's memories. David Allen, the author of Getting Things Done, is adamant that we humans need to use our brains for thinking, discovering, and inventing, not for trying to remember things. There are two primary versions of OneNote, the traditional standalone program and the app that's part of the Microsoft Office suite. But there are also versions for iOS and Android mobile devices and an option to access it from any browser. All of the versions are free. I've continued to use the standalone application, even though the app, which is now called OneNote for Windows 10, continues to become more adept. Because all versions synchronize with each other, I can switch between the standalone application, which has much better tagging features, and the app, which is better in many other ways. OneNote can be downloaded for free from the Microsoft Store on Windows and Mac OS computers, from Apple's Store, and from the Google Play Store. It's also available direct from Microsoft's website. Users of Microsoft 365 will already have OneNote, and OneNote plays well with the other applications in the Office suite, but it is free whether you have Office 365 or not. Those who want to use the traditional standalone version can download it separately from Microsoft. You'll find links to both of those download sites on the TechBiter Worldwide website. 
OneNote makes it easy to create a hierarchical frame for your data. This makes it easier for human brains to find something. For example, I have a notebook called Hardware and Software. It contains sections for my computers, my wife's computers, computer settings, email account setups, and a lot more. Inside the section for my computers, there are pages for installation and setup, updates, hardware and software issues I've encountered, and more. So, if I need to find the serial number for my MacBook Pro, I open the Software and Hardware Notebook, choose the WFB Computers section, and open the MacBook Pro page. That would be the hard way, though. Instead, I would just press Ctrl-E, which tells OneNote to search every page of every section in every notebook, and type MacBook. The result is a list of two pages that contain MacBook, and the search time would be less than one second. The search function is almost always the fastest way to find information, and it'd be easy to think that a single section of a single notebook could be used for all pages. That would work, but this kind of disorganization would make most people uncomfortable. Instead, I think it's a good idea to use the structural tools provided. Notebooks are the top level of the hierarchy. Think of them as filing cabinets that contain drawers. Sections are the equivalent of drawers in the real world. Sections can also be combined into section groups for those who want an additional level of organization. And then pages and subpages are like folders and individual pieces of paper. One of the most powerful features is the ability to apply tags in OneNote. Pages and paragraphs can be tagged, and this is where some of the most significant differences exist between the app and the standalone versions. The app's tagging function is much inferior to that offered by the standalone app. Users can add a few tags to the app, but they can't manage them, move them around, or apply shortcuts. The standalone OneNote application allows users to create and format as many tags as might be desired and change their order. The first nine tags can be applied using Control-1 through Control-9 keystrokes. Tags are useful in helping me to keep track of ebooks I'm reading. Control-1 places a small clock face by the book title that tells me I've reserved the book at the library. When the book becomes available, I use Control-2 to replace the clock face with a small globe. That means I've acquired the title and I have 21 days to read it. Control-3 replaces the globe with a yellow circle. The circle means I'm reading the book. And when I finish the book, Control-5 places a green circle by the title, indicating I have returned the ebook to the library. And if I encounter a book that's unsatisfying, Control-6 displays a red exclamation mark, meaning I've skipped the book. I make even more extensive use of tags in keeping track of the TechBiter Worldwide schedule. Placing the tags uses the same keystrokes, but I use a different key to indicate their meanings. In TechBiter Worldwide, the little globe indicates that a page's framework has been created. When I'm working on a program segment, its marker is yellow, and when writing and illustration are complete, the segment will have a green circle. A red ribbon means that the individual segment has been recorded and edited, or in the podcast number column, that the entire podcast is complete. A light bulb tag indicates the newsletter is complete for the podcast. The way I use them, tags do not have to have the same meaning in every location.
The Checklist tab is helpful when working with a complex task with a lot of individual steps. When I bought a new computer in March, I used the checkbox tabs to list each step of the planned setup. The checkboxes are blank initially, and after completing a step, I would check the appropriate box to add a red checkmark. A Web Clipper tool is available for Chrome-based browsers and Firefox as an add-on that can be added to clip and import information directly into OneNote. Alternatively, users can just copy information from a website and paste it into OneNote. The pasted text comes with a web link by default, but the link can be omitted if you choose to paste plain text. OneNote has an optical character recognition function that can read text in a graphic. It's not exactly perfect, but the results are good when the text is clear. An immersive reader function can convert text to speech and read information to you. Another part of the immersive reader function eliminates formatting and displays just the text. Although I don't use the feature a lot, sticky notes are ideal when a thought occurs to you when you're not close to the computer and you want to capture the basic information so you can add it to the appropriate OneNote section later. There's a separate Sticky Notes app for desktop systems, but these notes are now built into the new Feed section on both the standalone and app versions, as well as being integral parts of the mobile apps. Create a note, and you can decide later what you want to do with it. Using Sticky Notes on a phone is easy. Just open the app, click the Note icon, then either type the note or use the microphone to add the information by speaking. When you return to OneNote on the desktop, your note will be in the Feed column. Pen tools, such as those found in other Microsoft Office applications, are present in OneNote, and notes can be shared with other users who may be given permission to edit the entries or only to view them. When other users are allowed to edit the text, OneNote will display information about who has made modifications to the document. And that's not everything. OneNote is a remarkably powerful application, and Microsoft adds new features and improves existing features occasionally. My hope is that OneNote for Windows 10 will soon have the standalone application's tagging capabilities. So the bottom line, five cats for Microsoft OneNote, regardless of what you think about Microsoft, OneNote belongs on your computer. Despite differences between the OneNote for Windows 10 app and the older standalone application, all versions on all platforms are nearly identical. OneNote, wherever it's running, synchronizes all data via the cloud. Microsoft offers OneNote for free, Possibly it's an effort to draw users into the full Office 365 suite, but the full suite isn't needed to use OneNote. You'll find additional details on the Microsoft website, and there's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the Donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat.
In short circuits, TechSmith's Snagit is my favorite utility for capturing what's on the screen. And there's probably not been a TechBiter Worldwide program in the past 20 years that hasn't had at least one image from Snagit. The sole disadvantage is that it costs $63. ShareX is a free and open source screenshot program that could be a good choice for those who can't justify the cost of Snagit. ShareX works only on Windows, while Snagit can be installed on both Windows and Mac OS computers. It's published under the GNU General Public License and can be downloaded from GitHub or installed directly from the Microsoft Store. To be clear at the outset, if you need a screen capture application for commercial use, documentation, as part of an enterprise-based team, or for use on both Windows and Mac OS computers, Snagit is the right choice. You can see my Snagit review from January. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website this week. If you need just an occasional screenshot, though, but you find the built-in print screen option or Microsoft's snipping tool a little too limited, take a look at ShareX. All of the illustrations you'll see on the TechBiter Worldwide website this week of ShareX in action were captured with Snagit. Capturing a basic screenshot in Windows can be as simple as just pressing the print screen key. That captures the full screen. You then have to paste it into a graphics program like Microsoft Paint, and then you can crop it or annotate it or edit it. The Windows snipping tool is considerably more advanced, but it's still less than what a lot of people will need. ShareX fills the void between the basic no-frills ways to capture screen images and the full-featured Snagit. The application is versatile. It can capture the full screen, which actually includes all monitors if you have more than one, the complete contents of a specific monitor, a window, a region, a scrolling area, and even a sequence. Include the cursor or omit it. You can also delay the capture, and you can perform optical character recognition on text. ShareX can upload the resulting captures and recordings to cloud-based destinations and social media, such as Google Drive, Imager, Dropbox, and Pastebin, about 80 potential destinations in all. Although the editing options aren't quite as robust as those offered by Snagit, they are still pretty impressive, particularly for a free program. There are some downsides. The user interface is small, crowded, and sometimes confusing. Fortunately, users who spend a little time learning the keyboard shortcuts can eliminate most of the annoyances. Instead of having to work through a menu to grab a screenshot, use Control Print Screen to capture a region. Print Screen alone for the full screen. Alt Print Screen for the current window. And Shift Print Screen to start or stop a screen recording. Additional hotkey settings can be added at the user's discretion. Any new user should spend some time in the documentation section of the website. The default location for screenshots and recordings is a subdirectory of the Documents folder. That means the files will be backed up automatically to Microsoft OneDrive if online storage is activated on your computer. By default, ShareX also creates a subdirectory for each month. So on my computer, any captures made in June would be stored in C colon backslash users backslash Willie backslash OneDrive backslash miscellaneous documents 
documents backslash sharex backslash screenshots backslash 2206. Because some of the more powerful features are hidden in various system menus, ShareX may seem less powerful than it really is. Workflow customization is surprisingly good, but new users will have to spend some time learning how to accomplish it. The bottom line here, for cats, ShareX is the ideal screen capture program for some users. It's difficult to argue with the price, which is donate what you feel is appropriate. Although the interface obscures some of the more powerful features, ShareX is a robust application that would be a significant competitor for Snagit if only there was a Mac OS version. You'll find additional details on the ShareX website, and there's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. A listener asked if I had a list of all the products and services with 5CAT ratings. I didn't, but now I do. Maybe you'll be amused by the list. Not every single one all the way back to 1998 is on the list, but I did painstakingly examine every program since the beginning of 2017. Uh, but let me explain here. By painstakingly, I mean that I used Adobe Dreamweaver's search function to find all the program files that contained the 5CAT graphic. Because that list of files wasn't exportable, I then used Snagit to capture the list. Snagit has an OCR function, but I wanted to make the process as complex as possible so that I could whine about how hard it was. Instead, I pasted the image from Snagit into Microsoft OneNote and had it extract the text. The OCR process misread some of the characters, of course. Some 8s and 9s were converted to lowercase g. The year 2021 seemed to be consistently recognized as 20% sign, so I had to manually fix all of those in UE Studio. Uh, to be precise here, this extremely painstaking process took about 45 minutes. If you're thinking, well, that's not very painstaking, is it? Well, you'd be exactly right. After that, all I had to do was visit each page to see what the product or service was. You'll find my list on the TechBiter Worldwide website with links back to those old programs. Note that because some of the links to external resources prior to 2019 used HTTP instead of HTTPS, modern browsers will report the pages are not secure. That doesn't mean they're dangerous, it just means they're not secure. That links from the TechBiter Worldwide website to external sources don't use HTTPS. All of the links to pages posted after January 2019 do use HTTPS, so your browser will report all of those as being secure. And I've added a yes or no to the list for each application or service to indicate whether it would still receive a 5CAT rating today. In cases where I have lowered the rating, likely causes are subsequent versions that didn't quite live up to expectations or significant problems that became apparent with extended use. Check it out on the TechBiter Worldwide website. 
No DVD burner application ever got a 5-cat rating, and in 2002, it was a time-consuming and expensive operation that often failed. Check it out in the 20 Years Ago section on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn. There's more on the website, techbiter.com, and if you have a question or a comment, use the contact link you'll find there. Stop by again next week for another session. <music>